You're listening to Potato Candy Network. Hello and welcome back to Blank Campaign. I am your host, Marie, a.k.a. Queen in Yellow. And I am Casey, aka the Grumpy Elf. And we are continuing into the land of Donum. Now, <laughs> in preparing for this episode, because I actually do prep something for some of these. I prep nothing. <laughs> Whose show is this again? Obviously. You might have the plan, but I add the razzmatazz. <laughs> sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> in preparing for this episode, though, I realized we started part one back in August 2021. So we officially been going for a year and a half with Blink Campaign, off and on. It seems more off than on, but yes. Yeah. It's been about every like three to four months we'll finally do an episode with maybe a longer gap in, the, in between. But we are hopefully going to finish this this year. That's the plan. We will attempt. This is <laughs> behind the curtain. This is day number two of January 2023. So this you can consider our New Year's resolution. We're going to yeah. finish this this year. I, ha I have a whole schedule for the whole Blink Scenario podcast. But there, there's a plan in place, guys. There's a plan. Because it's Marie. <laughs> Queens must have plans. Uh-huh. But we are continuing so far in this adventure or into Donum. We have done our general overview, plot overview. Before the plot overview, we did individual cities because we were dumb. <laughs> and then we've done two chapters, so to speak. We've done our intro adventures and our chapter two technically adventures so this should be i think chapter three adventures is what we're on so we have had our party and our players so far have a adventure at an outpost just to introduce them to the world into a caravan we went to star city at which point there was a festival for a founding member of the city which is actually an apostle of an ancient deity we have our big bad yeah big bad Daryl, I think is how we pronounced it. No, Daryl. We it was, just said Daryl. It's been Daryl. We have something. Yeah, yeah, because we adjusted the name for Thomas Star because it's Tomas Star. It's Tomas. Yeah. But it's still Daryl for our big bad. We'll eventually figure out something else. Um, While they're in Star City, they discover the next clue to their adventure, which is going to another city. Our party then went to a destroyed town that looked like a nuclear bomb went off, which point they found a soul survivor with an old book. The sole survivor is a new druid in the world that we may or may not have popping back up later on, depending upon what has happened to them. Because druids do not exist in this world. Yep. And the party, hopefully at this point, has the book. The city they went to that was an excluded adventure was a city that was in lockdown because of a disease. We had great timing with that one when we planned that episode. <laughs> um, the party had to find a key in the city that was actually owned by the mayor. So they had to help the mayor by going to the underground tunnels, fighting the vampires that are created through the disease to save a tunneling group that's down there, or at least bring back word about the tunneling group's demise and get this key. If they chose a different favor, such as leaving the town, they could steal the key. So either way, at this point, they should have the book, have or at least know the location of the key that they need, and they are on to their next spot. That is a hopefully quick summary of where we are currently. Sure. <laughs> to make a long story short. <laughs> That's a summary. I don't know if I would say it's a quick summary, but it's a summary. Before we hop into the next adventure that they're going to, because it is actually one of the cities we've talked about, 
there are actually a couple of issues that we have with our current trajectory in the campaign that I want to address. And we don't have to fix, but I want to at least make sure they're not going to be problems down the line. So there are three things we have to address so far. First of all, or first of all, our players technically are not famous, which is not inherently a problem. But typically with campaigns, as you get stronger and more things happen, you start building up um, reputation. Yeah. You start building your reputation to where if you walk into a town, you can actually talk to someone important, not just argue with a guard for 20 minutes. Our players don't really have that yet. They kind of do, depending upon how things went down with the tunneling group that they rescued and the lockdown city. So they might have something that way with some kind of reputation there. But that's very, very limited. I mean, okay, reputation is one of the problems. What's another one? The other problem is there is no specific trajectory that gets them to meet the big bad, which again, we can work around that one mostly, but there's no organic meetup option of they are going to have to go here because that's where they're currently headed. Currently, they're not really on track to meet the big bad because, leading into the third thing, players have a book and a key, but we don't have a direction to go with those currently. There's no next clue for those two things to happen. This is where I assume as a DM, you are filling in some of the gaps. It, it's not that I want to do less work as much as it is for the DM. I think they're the ones deciding where the the popularity or the reputation, whatever you want to say for the party. They're the ones deciding where that popularity, where that stuff comes from. Otherwise, if you're not doing that, if your party doesn't want to be famous, then you mm-hmm. need to have that as an option for them. So I don't yeah. necessarily think reputation's a problem. Okay. I think if you're the type of party that has a bard, you're probably recognized by the first town that you go into <laughs> just because of backstory. If you're the type of group that doesn't have a bard or wants to remain anonymous, then doing the job and getting out of there is not necessarily the worst thing. And I think we mentioned in one of the episodes, if not, I'll mention it now. This can very clearly run the way of fifth element. Yeah. You can have the big bad that is running around doing his own thing and the party may just never encounter him. Mm -hmm. There's nothing. I, I wouldn't say there's anything inherently wrong with it. Now, again, if you as a DM want to introduce the big bad directly into your world or uh, directly into your party, then there's some different ways we could do that. And yeah, I guess we can discuss those. But I I would hesitate to say that those are problems. I think those are, are gaps that you can fill if you want to, or you can leave them open-ended. The other side of this as well, just because of the nature of the podcast, we don't want to write an adventure manual. Adventure manuals are inherently designed designed to fill in every possible gap that the players could want. And even at that, the players will still go in the opposite (laughs) direction. I think as a DM, you behoove yourself to know what's going on in the world so that you can adjust to the interests that your players have because they will never go the path that the original adventure designed unless Mm -hmm. you are, as a DM, highly manipulative and subtle about it so that your players do not feel railroaded. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Those are three things I realized that. Again, I I say problems, but there at least there are, I guess to use your term, there are gaps that need to be kept in mind because either there are gaps that we need to leave open-ended or there are gaps that we're going to have to address with the next step in the campaign. Yeah. I assume this is a dumb question. <laughs> Do you want to fill those gaps now? 
or do you just want to leave them as a as a just in case? I want to leave them as a just in case because I'm okay if the players never meet the big bad. There are a couple things that we have that we've mentioned in previous episodes that I think could work for that type of story. Mm-hmm. And do give the players in that choice of do they go with the big bad to help out on something or do they do their own thing? And eventually they'll just meet up at the very end when they have a fight. Plus with the fame issue or the reputation, there's a couple things there too, depending upon what they've done up to this point. I think that also is kind of a gap of either they have reputation. So you need to kind of make a note of people who know them or they don't have reputation and they have to keep that in mind as they want to get things done. Yeah. But the only issue I think that we need to address with the next city is the next step in the adventure for what the clues are. Because they have a book, they hopefully have the key at this point. Um, I'm going to work on the assumption that they get the key somehow, just because I think that makes the most sense. Okay. If they don't have it, then we can build in a caveat of, if you don't have this type of thing. Now, did but, we say that the key opens the gate at the end, or did we say that it opens the book? It opens the gate. Okay. The book and the key are not physically connected. Okay. Then... I think at this point you are searching for an expert. Mm -hmm. If you're wanting the players to follow along with this direct through line, then you need to provide them an expert or you need to provide them a reason to focus on the key. Mm -hmm. So moving into a new city, they're either dealing with their items getting stolen because there can easily be a pickpocket that Mm -hmm. just does it. You could do a roll for it for somebody that's trying to pickpocket them and then have the pickpocket be a character that they deal with, or if the players are wanting to follow through and ask, give them a general store, mm-hmm. a general store with somebody that if they're trying to sell off items, sees the book, sees the key and sees value in it. Something that drives the players to go, Ooh, this is actually worth something. Why mm-hmm. is this worth something or not? And if they <laughs> completely sell it off, just give that off to your big bad. Yeah. Yeah. That is one thing I listed as one of the options for the next city is you could have a trader or an expert that they go to, especially since all of our players hopefully have background of explorers. They would have contacts for high value artifacts. Yeah. So they would know more than just I'm going to go to Tracer. They're like, I have this person who sells these type of artifacts. He can tell us what this is and if it's valuable and where we can sell it for the most money. Yeah. So you can have your players in this next town. One of them has a contact in this town they can go to directly. To get that information. If you have players that want to pull from that, then absolutely you can give them a past contact. Personally, I would just introduce somebody new because I get a lot more control over them mm-hmm. as the DM that way. Fair. If they're a past contact, then you are doing a lot of more a lot more mutual creation with the other player. Mm-hmm. And that can go <laughs> that can go wrong if you're not careful with it. Yeah. I think it can work. We can build in a contact within the city that they can be directed to. Like if they ask around, you'll be told this person is an expert you can go talk to. Yeah. And of course, you as a DM at home, if you have a player that's like, I have this really cool contact and you want to hash it out with them, absolutely go with it. And if you have a player that wants to include their contact no matter what, then what you do is tell the player, okay, here is your contact. He has the information, but he still needs a specialist. Yeah. And that's the specialist that, you know, approach it, the pawn stars mm-hmm. approach <laughs> of, I know this, I'm kind of an expert in it, but let me pull in somebody just to make sure. Yeah. So those were kind of the issues that I had that I wanted to at least keep in mind going forward. 
with all that said and with a recap, way done. Um, the next city we have that I think the players most likely want to get to is going to be our travel city. In episode or part two, we talked about a couple different cities. One of them was a city torn between two groups. Uh, we had two guild leaders that were going against each other, and we decided on having a travel group that went by air. You have the blumps, basically, and airships, and the, the underground what? travel, the airships. Okay. You said blumps. Blimps. <laughs> the blumps, airships, basically. <laughs> we have the airship group, and we have the underground group that is basically subways that are being built. And the, the underground group is new. And they're having trouble getting a foothold because the airships are established and they are the traditional way of traveling. So we had that your party would go in. There's a conflict between the two and you have to kind of decide how you're going to handle it. I know this is going to sound like I'm making fun of you, but I actually like it for a name. The The company's name is Blumps Blimps. <laughs> it's the Blump family, B-L-U-M-P-H. I feel like that would be Blump. either gnomes or halflings. Probably I think gnomes. that was one of the things that we said, that it yeah. was... It was a gnome family that was up in the air, and it was a dwarf family that was running the underground, I think. Um, no, we had Elon Musk underground. <laughs> yeah, but, like, I mean, it can be a dwarven Elon Musk. Oh, yeah, yeah. But or either... elven Musk, you know, whatever. <laughs> that joke is going to be so different now that he owns Twitter. <laughs> well, he also owns a drilling company called The Boring Company yeah. that drills subway holes and makes bricks out of mm. the drilling. Yep. Which I think was the inspiration for it was either I think it was a the waste that came out came out of the tunnels was useful for the airships, but they didn't want to tell the tunneling group that because then they would be basically selling it to them at a high cost. So yeah. they were trying to figure out how do we steal this supplies corporate espionage. Yeah, and the tunneling group found out that the airship group had a metal that was really powerful or. It was a durable metal alloy, and they wanted the recipe, so they were sending you in to steal it, possibly. They were using the byproduct yep. to make the alloy. Yep. So you had to figure out which side your party was going to help, and in doing so, you would get basically a free ride on one of those. They're parasitic relationships. <laughs> yeah. Because in theory, you know, the tunneling group could be selling the, by the byproduct to the airships, and the airships could then sell the alloy back. Yeah. And they'd be fine. But, and I think that was our third option was you could get them to work together if you wanted to, but you're still only getting get one ticket. Yeah. And I think the other thing we had that kind of creates another split point here for travel options is the big bad is in this town and he's trying to help mitigate this dispute. It's not like an all out war, but these are two major companies that are kind of causing problems in this big, basically mega city. Yeah. So he's here kind of helping settle disputes and everything. He's a historian, so he's not going to be able to say, here's what you do. But he's basically offering advice upon history, history of the area, history of travel, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he's so, an advisor in yeah. general. So, yeah, so he's in this town. He will be leaving this town probably on the airship to get back to a council meeting. And that's going to be the point where your players have to decide where they're heading. So what I think would work is this is a good town for your players to know about. And that's why they're here. This isn't a town that is next in the adventure for, you know, finding out like the next clue, mm -hmm. but it's a town that they know has travel options. Hopefully by this point they have some money or at the very least they might have some clout that they can use to think they can get a ticket. And they are able to find a specialist here to tell them about the book and the key. I think what you would need to do is establish this town as basically being the Silicon Valley mm. of this world. 
that is the reason why there are two big businesses operating out of this is because this is just where businesses start. Mm -hmm. It's almost the New York perspective of if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. Yeah. But combine that with the Silicon Valley expertise, put your players on their back foot unless their characters are highly intelligent mm -hmm. and throw some stuff at them that they are not prepared for. I think it would be interesting at that point that it's not just a city that they've heard of, but mm -hmm. it's a city on its own that is famous. Yeah. And as a fill in for one of those gaps, I think at the end of this, should your players decide to end the dispute between the two teams by trying to combine the two teams, that's how you meet up with the big bad mm. that you get honored because the big bad is there to solve this problem <laughs> and he's struggling with it. Yeah. If you manage to do it, he's going to call you in to thank you personally. Yeah. And he is an expert in history. You have history question. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So Silicon Valley, this is a very, I think most of mega cities are going to be famous for something. Mm -hmm. Potentially. You've got one famous for parties. Yeah. One famous for sickness. Well, no one knows about that yet, though. Yeah. At least no one's supposed to know about that. To Unless be fair. that's the same one. No, it's different been ones. so long. The um, festival city is the um, Tomas Star City. Because it was, I think, we call it the Star City because mm -hmm. it was just constant fireworks and celebrations. So this would definitely be one that we could pull as a as a technology center. Yeah. Like I said, Silicon Valley, this is where new magic and technologies come out of here. It's very cosmopolitan. Yep. Which is definitely going to put your party off on the wrong foot because we're coming in, having traveled, going through outposts, having to fight vampires from disease. And now they're coming into basically New York City. Yep. Which would be really fun because when you think about New York City in like the 1930s and 40s, very different town than it was now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And I mean, that would be another way to pull it if you have a very modern cosmopolitan approach that is very mm -hmm. 1920s gangsters. Especially because this is after an apocalypse. We've not said specifically what type of apocalypse or time. So this could technically be the future. But this could also still be the past. So this is the only town that's really advancing still. So this mega city is basically growing because it's pushing for advancements. I mean, I think we've said several times, or at least I've had it in my head, that this is essentially a weird West approach. Mm -hmm. We did give them yeah. um, gunpowder for guns. But yeah. I think we stopped about like late 1800s. We for gave weapons. them gunpowder for fireworks. Well, for fireworks, yeah. But I think ammunition is available to some degree, Yeah, which could be something they find here. I think that might be something we need to play on a lot more. I don't know if we have all that much of the, what's the word? The juxtaposition in this world, especially if we're playing on this with the Druids, mm -hmm. the juxtaposition in this world where technology has come to fill in the gap that magic has lost. Mm -hmm. And yet magic is still kind of around, <laughs> but magic is the thing that's making the comeback that's destroying everything. Yeah. So... I do think if you want to talk about a gap that needs to be filled in, that's where I would say mm. we need to find some way to begin combining those two yeah. a lot more. I think that could be a good thing for the travel options then. The airships are using magic currently because that's been what's most prevalent. But the tunneling group is using more of the, what we would say, technology side. There's still magic involved because it's D&D. But it's much more of a practical approach of, you know, it's you're, dwarves. Yeah. You're, you're fueling the engine with magic, but you're still building a track. 
and tunneling through and finding faster ways of tunneling. So our players come in to the Silicon Valley town and they are here looking for an expert to figure out what they have basically discovered between the book and the key and also to figure out their next step because this would allow them to basically fast travel. Rather than traveling on foot to wherever they need to, they have more travel options here. They'll need a golden ticket to yep. leave this place. Mm-hmm. So I think them finding the expert is kind of irrelevant as to when that happens in this adventure chapter. Because they could find it before they leave. They could find it as soon as they walk into town. Really, they just need to find an expert that tells them this is a ancient relic. Looks like they're made by the same person, although they don't seem to be connected you could probably find out more by talking to someone. And this is actually where I want to skip a little bit ahead to the other town we have. Because I think there are two people that can tell them what they've discovered. Well, let me okay. clarify. There are two people that can tell your party what they have specifically discovered. One of them will tell the truth. <laughs> the other one will tell a partial truth. One only tells the truth. <laughs> one only lies. Daryl or Big Bad will tell them what they found, that this is a ancient power source that can restore the world. Supposedly, according to legend, what you've discovered means that legend should be true. We need to find more evidence of this. That is one person. The other person is our Willy Wonka mayor in our last town that we have not gotten to yet. This is a town where something that was open is now closed. There is a library in this town that has a ton of information that has been shut down. And the mayor of this town basically lives in a section of the city that's locked away and has a group that's running the government for him. This was our knockoff um, King Boomy, wasn't it? Yes. Okay. And he knows what the Big Bad is actually trying to do. And he's been trying to prevent the Big Bad, but he's basically been stalled in that. He's now just isolated and is trying to survive. So they can go to this library town where they can talk to the person who truly knows what the Big Bad is actually doing. He tried to warn him, you know, mm-hmm. Boomy's like, hey, this is not what you think it is. Daryl's like, no, I know exactly what I'm doing because he's been blinded by whatever the DT has been telling him. Mm-hmm. So you've got two options for figuring out what's actually going on, which means either your players are going to follow the big bad or they're going to go the other direction, never meet him anyway. I want to say it would be interesting here. We don't have to include this, but as a DM, I would be interested in introducing the big bad as being not partially honest, but if maybe give a dice roll, Mm. just see if, or as the, as the DM, as the players are saying things, if you know that they're lying, making a dice roll to see if he can tell whether they're lying or telling partial truths or complete truth Mm. and give him a really, really high insight score. Yeah. You know, plus 10 or whatever. Mm. If the big bad believes that they are honest with him, that he will be completely honest with them Mm. as far as what he knows. So Mm -hmm. it is complete truth. Yeah. And at that point, I think that I would do that because then your players could potentially join forces with the big bad. Mm -hmm. Which is what we kind of want for the long run, I think, anyway. Well, it makes it a much more interesting story because... Your players are now assisting in the downfall of their own civilization. They don't Mm -hmm. know that, (laughs) but they are assisting in the downfall of their own civilization. And if you want to introduce this King Boomy character, 
you know, maybe maybe introduce some kind of connection with one of the players, uh, mm. either a long lost relative mm. or an old, you know, do the King Boomy. It's an old friend that you just did not realize mm. had taken power or something along those lines. But reintroduce that character later on with also the truth, but the truth from a different perspective. Mm. So it's not partial truth, complete truth. It's truth and truth just one perspective versus another perspective yeah and that is going to put your players in a very interesting bind Mm -hmm. because now they have to decide who do we really trust who do we really believe because both of them have Mm -hmm. been honest with us there is no two ways about it what i really don't want to have happen and i think we've said this from the beginning with daryl is we don't want a mustache twirler. Yeah. We yeah. want a character that's actually smart, that actually believes in what he's doing. So mm-hmm. if he is being openly deceptive, that moves more towards the mustache twirl side than someone who is legitimately trying, but for the wrong reasons. Yeah. That's why I say it's, for me, the partial truth versus the truth is partial truth as he, and it's the truth as he understands it. So we are saying the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's just different terminology. But yeah, I think he is. If anything, Daryl will be guarded, not because he is mustache twirling, ah, ha, ha. It's because he doesn't know how much he can trust them. And he's a historical advisor. He understands what giving people, the, giving the wrong people the right information can lead to. So he, he has to be smart with who he actually tells what's going on. He can't mustache twirl. <laughs> he has a chin strap. Anyway, so... How do we want to introduce our players to the conflict in this town between the two guilds? We had talked about, I think, there being a presentation that was being disrupted yeah. um, on either side. We talked about a little bit of them just going in and being offered the job. Yeah, I think for me, I would pull from history. For that, I would pull from Edison and Tesla. Mm. And they're back and forth. So you could have what's essentially a, a World's Fair demonstration yeah. going on. That would be cool because we've said this town is high tech. So there could be a lot of things your players see that between the travel options of the new airship and the new tunneling system, there could be other smaller things that they might want to pick up along the way as well. I don't know if I would go this extreme with it, but the first picture that pops into my mind that could be fun is a town that is literally divided down the middle. Mm. Half of it believes that the magic and the airships Mm -hmm. well the magic is the way to go and half the people believe that technology is the way to go and so there's a literal line Mm -hmm. down either the vertical center or the horizontal center Mm -hmm. of this town and as your players are walking down that line half the group is telling them don't believe those on the other side (laughs) they're saying blah 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 this is really the Mm -hmm. blah 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 and does this blah 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 so much better than and then they're pulled to the other Mm -hmm. side by somebody else just back and forth pinballing Mm -hmm. down the the central line That could be cool because we always think of cities as being circular, but I think it could be like when I think of like a big city, I think of like a circle. I don't. Right. I think of squares. Okay. I I think of circles. But if you literally have like a a midway going all the way down, that's basically it's almost like the Taurus Lane. And it's because it's the only neutral ground. We have built the city that the Middle East is talking about building. That is... It takes up less landmass because it's entirely vertical. Mm. It is a giant wall, essentially, mm-hmm. that goes entirely vertical and you have an entire city in it. It's only about like, I think it's 20 or 20 to 50 feet wide mm-hmm. at its widest point, And then it's like hundreds of feet long. Okay. 
I'll have to show you pictures later. Somebody who's listening to this knows exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> so are you imagining that the city is divided top to bottom or divided left to right on this long line? I don't know if it matters. If you want okay. to do the thing that I'm talking about, you would have to do it left and right. Yeah. But ultimately, I don't think it matters. Okay. I think that is interesting, though, if you have the idea of a city that is built differently, like I said, it's built vertical, which does lean towards advancements because the only other towns we have like that are the outposts or the outcast towns that are cities built up on ruins basically for people that can't live in mega cities that would also explain why there are some people who do not want the underground drilling mm-hmm. i'm i'm now picturing a city called beacon mm-hmm. and it is it is the nickname for that place because that place is basically one giant tower mm-hmm. in the middle of this desert wasteland and doing the drilling to do underground travel, mm-hmm. people believe undermines the city mm-hmm. and will cause the city to collapse. I want to adjust the visual of this just because I, th- I figured a better way. It started off as a tower, a oversized wizard tower, so to speak. It split. And so one side started building out left. The other side started building out right. So literally you have a tower in the middle that you can go up. And then it's, there are two wings that just extend it's a off. T-shirt. Pretty much. But what this means is they're uneven. The airship side where magic is has built up because you wouldn't be able to get off the ground faster. The other side has not built up as high and is currently tunneling underground because of the tunneling system. So you have an underground group on the left and a top group on the right, making it a slope. Kind it's, of. it's one straight vertical line where they meet in the middle. And then in between that, there is a not a direct slope but almost like a solve for X kind of graph Mm -hmm. where it comes down and meets in the middle Mm -hmm. and extends off and then keeps going down. Yeah. It looks like a giant, almost like an X that has been turned on its side and the ends bent. Yeah. I like that visual. And that makes it very interesting because you see the airships landing and flying off on the one side and the other side, it seems like it's almost shaking because of the underground activity. Yeah. Okay. So then your players enter, there's this center tower that would be basically a central government of this mega city. Yeah. Which would be the only true neutral part of the city. So you'd have representatives on both sides coming in, plus your big bad. So does this government set itself up on the ground floor? I think the center tower tower would be the entire government building. So they could have, no. they could be in different levels. No, 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 no. I, I, I would hesitate to do that because you're going to run out of spaces that the government would want to function in. I think you give them a section of that central mm. central tower because the central tower would basically be <laughs> in the communist approach to this. That's where the common man lives mm. is in the central tower because the, the common man doesn't care one way or another. <laughs> He's just there for the job. So if he can work on the airlift side, he'll get paid good mm-hmm. money. If he can work on the other side, he will also, I mean, it's the, the, um, what is it? The, the engineer versus the theoretical physicist yeah. approach. You know, the theoretical physicists are all the ones that are working in the airships mm-hmm. and going up high. And the engineers are the ones down in the dirt mm-hmm. actually building stuff. Yeah. So which end of this are you going to end up with? But the, the common the man. The labor is just in the middle. Bingo. Mm-hmm. The common man lives in the middle and just kind of enjoys his life. For me, I like the idea of putting the government not at the top level of it, mm-hmm. but either in the middle, which I like less, or at the very bottom. Mm. 
because then the first thing you encounter when you come in hmm. is bureaucracy. Yeah. And why do you encounter it? Because that's the only way that they've managed to keep this entire city together, yeah, working much. together, is that that's the first thing that you get is, mm-hmm. hi, welcome, here's a form to fill out. Mm-hmm. Which, especially if you consider how many guilds are probably in this town that are in opposites of each other, you have to make sure there's no corporate espionage going on at all times. Which there is. Mm-hmm. You have to ensure no one's coming in to be a spy, even though every group has their spies in every other group. So your party coming in, they enter, they have to fill out these forms. They could immediately be approached by people to be a spy. That could be the first thing that happens in this town. We're we're basically making paranoia the town. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, I don't think you wouldn't know this reference, but in the Bulgariad, one of the countries is a country that basically runs on information. Everyone is a spy. Everyone. The queen is a spy. Mm-hmm. They are all trained in espionage. At any time, there are 10 spies watching every single person. It's just mm-hmm. how they how they live. It's just their culture. So they're used to it. They're used to it. Yeah, my phone is wiretapped. Of course it is. And that's what this town is. This town is so used to it that legally you can't do it, but everyone does. It's an open secret. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So your party being approached as soon as they walk in, the government's having to sign forms saying, I will not do this, filing it. And then immediately they're getting harassed by people saying, hey, do you want to make some extra cash for us? I'm cool with that. So depending upon which group you want them to go with, this could be where I would not have the people approaching them in the ground level be the two main guilds we want to deal with because I think that creates sympathy for a group too quickly. I'm just talking about the central government of this place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They could care less about the businesses as long as they support their government. Yeah. But what I mean is the people who are approaching your players to take on jobs for espionage or whatever else it is. These are other guilds that you could deal with. So these are like mini quests if you really wanted to get involved in politics of this town. So the two legs of this of Beacon, I'm just going to call it Beacon. Mm -hmm. The two legs of Beacon are each sponsored by one of the companies. Mm -hmm. But there are many startups that are running within this that want to either become a part of the umbrella Mm -hmm. Or want to become rivals to Mm -hmm. the umbrella. So that's the other thing that you add to this. That even though from a distance it looks like one complete X-graph, whatever, Mm -hmm. the closer you get to it, the more you start to see that there are sections on both sides that look like scaffolding sticking off of it and extending Mm -hmm. out in bizarre directions. Looking at the details that are coming out of it because of all of these other factions that are semi-splintered off from the original. Including even factions within each group. As much as you have the airship side with the magic, you can have two different groups that are fighting to become, you know, like the sole providers of helium for the airship company. Here's the thing that for me would be the most fun. We don't have to do this. But for me, one of the most fun things to do with this is make, do you know who's really in charge? Who? An underground union. (laughs) A group of the grunt laborers Mm -hmm. who all know the problems that are going on in the city. And they have banded together and decided that there are certain things that they will and will not do Mm. so that the people who eventually will come out on top in this is always the grunt Mm -hmm. laborers. They will get the best benefits, the best, (laughs) they'll have the best stuff. Um, They'll get the best benefits. They'll get the best payout Mm -hmm. by playing one side off of the other. So we have basically three factions, so to speak, in this town. With the government. Three and a half. Yeah. With the government being neutral, but at any time can be pulled a direction. Yeah. Okay, so 
your players can come in and do sort of mini jobs for anyone they want to because mm-hmm. they'll constantly be approached or they can just find work even not hard to get we have our expert in town that they can be directed to which is probably going to be in the central tower i think most likely i was going to say the underground could be the underground i was thinking because if it's a historical thing that we're digging into then it would be selling things at the highest bidder mm-hmm. and that could be on either side it could be similar to my thing with the union um you don't have to include this for me it would be most interesting to do the underground because if they're tunneling mm-hmm. odds are they have come across mm-hmm. more archaeological finds or oh, okay. things that might be archaeological finds than those who are living above it all gotcha they're more no pun intended they are more grounded mm-hmm. and aimed towards finding things that have been lost yeah that is actually interesting if you consider like underground cities that even I mean like when you go to access you, to the underdark yeah you know having finding pockets underground that are giant caverns that you can set up as a base means you're gonna be like well how is this thing found it so you need to circle experts to come in and tell you what all of it is so mm-hmm. yeah that could work and that might be one of those things that's mandatory that if mm-hmm. they're going to be burrowing underground you're required to have an archaeological expert nearby so that you don't destroy any finds. Mm-hmm. You have to make sure that it is not destroying relics and or destroying ground that is not yours. <laughs> I mean, we have that nowadays, too. If you find any for building sites, have to cl- they have to clear that there's nothing been discovered to prove this is like an ancient burial ground. Yeah. Which could be cont- contention the underground group has even. That some people have been hiding relics and things like that. So you have the black market for all these relics you could discover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So your expert, at the very least, I think the expert is a neutral party for most things. Oh, yeah. They, yeah they're yeah. there because legally they're required to be there. But they're like, I take this and sell it to a rich billionaire on the other side and it's fine. Yeah. And that's where what we've been saying before, if you want to make them just a friend of the party, then that makes them automatically neutral towards yep. anything else. They're oh, going to yeah. do what's best for the party. Mm-hmm. So... If the party argues to go after one side or the other, then their response is simply going to be, I'm just here to give you guys advice. (laughs) I can tell you neither side is good. Yeah. And that'll be taken with a lot more weight. Yeah. I think that'll work. I think the espionage is kind of already figured out. Then we have a byproduct that's been discovered by the tunneling group that's being stolen by the airship group. And the tunneling group wants the schematics for the new alloy that the airship group has. And those are two fairly large things that you could get involved in for espionage. Like most espionage should be like, you want to make sure this one person doesn't sign this one thing and they can be intimidated easily. Like this is a huge, like you're breaking into basically the Avengers Tower to steal an Iron Man suit schematic Mm -hmm. is what you're having to do for the ally. Like this is not a small task. And the same thing with the tunneling group of you're having to figure out where they are storing this waste product without tipping them off, Mm -hmm. which is going to be a lot of social encounters. And also make sure we can find a backdoor to get to it. And the fun way to do this is if your players refuse to get involved in this battle, mm-hmm. just have a raid occur while your players are around whichever side mm-hmm. that they're around. The foreman that's there asks you to to track yeah. them down to stop the raids. Mm-hmm. And that's how you begin yeah. to dig into, oh, Ooh. this is the product that they're taking. This is why they're taking it. Oh, they both benefit from this one <laughs> stupid thing that they don't realize. Which leads us to our third party, the union. The grunt laborers want both sides to get along because that's more jobs for them. No, they don't. They mm. don't want them to get along because more competition means mm. higher pay. Okay. Do the grunt laborers know about the trade-off? 
do they do they know that this byproduct is creating this alloy that would help out the tunneling group? I think I think there are a few of them that know if if we want to make this like a union, mm -hmm. maybe the top three or five people mm -hmm. in the union know, but they are keeping that hush hush mm -hmm. from everyone else because three to five people can hide a secret that the union <laughs> yeah. together cannot hide. Which I mean, even I think the union people like the grunt laborers at the bottom would know the less I know the better for me because yeah. I can't tell anyone else. This is the people who are smart. Yeah. These are the people I'm like, I don't have to be told what's going on. I'm getting a paycheck. Problem solved. They just run around with a, a um, all of them mm -hmm. that are in the union have either a tattoo or a band or something that says LKHP. Low knowledge, high pay. <laughs> or just say what I don't know can't hurt me. <laughs> That's too wordy. Yeah. Because again, they could. You're not creating a group of people that's dumb. No, it's the fact that they are choosing ignorance in order to get that payout. Low knowledge, high wisdom. Yep. And then your party then can figure out the mutual benefit thing, and they could approach either side about it. But I think what would be interesting then is if they do discover this, either they help one side, that side gets an advantage in this town temporarily because. It's going to level out eventually anyway, because the government has to make sure it levels out. Yeah. So they will temporarily get a benefit to one side, giving them that free ticket. But if they discover both, I think then they need to be taken in by the union leaders. So we have a mafia situation kind of going on and they are told, keep your mouth shut. So yeah. if they do tell anyone, they have tipped the balance now, but they've also or they've not tipped the balance. They've basically equalized it. But now they have this third party mad at them and they might want to get out of Dodge. Yep. <laughs> which means they're going to have to fight to get a ticket on one side or the other now, which I think, to be fair, they could get a ticket by that point. Either side would be like, yeah, yeah, you helped us out. We can give you like a ride somewhere. Can it be tonight? <laughs> did we say that they were relatives or did we avoid that? Because I don't remember. They were just two different guild leaders. OK. So, um, yeah, it's just a town that's torn between two groups. Yeah. If you're dealing with a union, I would say. As a DM, I would pick which would be easier for you to be able to run mm -hmm. and just say that that side is more likely to give you a ticket than the yeah. other one. The airship side can give you a ticket anywhere. The tunneling group can give you a ticket to specific spots because they have to build out the tunnels. So the airship side, I think, is where most people would lean. So I would put priority. I would emphasize as a DM and as an NPC is there encountering and asking for help. That's the side I would emphasize. To me... I mean, it can go either way. Yeah. It really can go either yeah. way. Because like I, I said, wouldn't say whatever that, one you want to run. I wouldn't say that the underground can only go to cities. I think the underground is more fun because the underground can go literally anywhere. Mm -hmm. Whereas with the airships, they have to have a landing point mm. that they can go to. Granted, you arguably could land them anywhere. But mm -hmm. again, you get a more interesting journey doing the underground. Mm. So I don't, yeah. I don't know. I, it can go either way. I just, yeah. like I said, pick whichever one for you as a DM is going to be more interesting and make the adjustments and run with yeah. it. Well, one of the reasons I think the tunneling group could work for your party is based upon the outcome of the lockdown town. If they manage to save the tunneling group in that town from the disease vampires, then they automatically get some kind of clout with the tunneling group. And that means they're kind of aware of at least someone who works there. Yeah. Probably not like high and totem pole. But someone there, which is an interesting connection to build. Mm -hmm. So the tunneling group then is interesting because your players have had experience with them before. And that is going to be more exciting, potentially. Yeah. Plus, for a tunneling group, there's a lot of dangers underground. 
So they could offer them, you know, like we can give you a ticket for free. If you want to be security, we can even pay you mm -hmm. because maybe where they're going has not been drilled out yet. So it's a bit of a danger, but like we can have you be security and just, you can get paid along the way even. Yeah. Whereas the airship is, we can land in any city you want because we have established routes. We can technically drop you off in the middle of the desert even. And it's basically just free ride. Yeah. If anything, just make one side more personable. Yeah. If you, if your players just want to go places and they don't care, mm -hmm. then go for the less personable one. If they want something where they have a connection and they're going to keep that connection and grow that connection, mm -hmm. that gives you more access to potential quest lines. Yeah. And it gives you more access to potential characters that you can use in this mm -hmm. finale. So it just, it comes down to the players. Yeah. And again, either way can, either side can help. Either side has benefits and disadvantages. And even just, you know, having two, three people in town that they've made a connection with could be good. Yeah. Regardless of the outcome, I think the players need to be approached by the big bad because they are going to be directly involved in something that happens in this town. Either the tunneling group discovers an alloy magically <laughs> because they have stolen the information or the airship group has figured out how to mass produce this alloy because they have access to the product they need. Mm -hmm. Either way, they are going to give credit to your party. I think the big bad needs to approach them saying, that's impressive. And if your party tries to balance the scales, he can approach them saying, you've got them to work together, which is why he's still there. Mm -hmm. He's still there to get them to work together. He's trying to kind of speed line the bureaucracy and tone down the espionage aspect because he knows how detrimental that can be in the long run. Yeah, It's not working, <laughs> but he's trying. So either way, he'll approach party and say, that's impressive. Mm -hmm. And I think at that point, he needs to offer them... You know, he explains who he is. He's a historian. If they want to ask him questions, he says, well, I have to go to the council city center. I don't know what we called it, but council of cities for a meeting. If you want to come with me, I can answer your questions there. Yeah. So that is a direct connection. If they don't want to go with him, I think he can still give them some information. It's just not going to be as complete. Mm -hmm. But he might be able to give them a direction they can go potentially. Yep. Which that's the one thing I want to ask. Do we want the big bad to push the party to go towards his former ally in the library town? Do we think that's something he would do? Because his goal is to unlock this deity and he just needs to get the book and the key to that door to be able to open it. If, well, if your players are honest with him, I think he could trust them to go there and in his eyes still hold his perspective. Mm -hmm. If not then I think he just congratulates them and moves on. Okay. Would be what I would say. I think that could work because he could even say that, like, I have a former ally in that town that might be able to help you out. But beware, he has some very strange ideas about mm -hmm. things. Yeah. That, you know, we were working on things. He misunderstood something and it skewed his perspective. Yeah. And then you meet that person's, like, it skewed the big bad's perspective. Now, like you said, you got to decide who you're going to trust. Yeah. I think then that is our kind of split point in the campaign another that, well this is this i think is a major one are they traveling with the big bad and they can travel whichever way they want to with him i don't think he's in a preference mm -hmm. he's you know he's historian everything is history in the making but he has to get to the city of council or council of cities for a meeting mm -hmm. so he kind of has to go there anyway but if they go with him they get that information and they can be led to the next point if they go to the library town, they're going to have to deal with stuff in that spot. I think the reason I say it's split because I don't think they can do both. 
I think this is the only time the campaign notes say they whatever choice they make is going to lock in an answer. If they go to the library town, they're going to miss out on the council meeting. If they go to council meeting, the library town is not going to help them at all. They can still find out that information about the different perspective in mm -hmm. a way because there are historical resources available to them in the council town, but they're not going to get that direct personal connection. Mm -hmm. So I think now we've got our one split that's going to decide how are they going to discover the true nature of this deity. So whichever way, whether they go with the big bad or not, that's going to put them on a different path. Mm -hmm. So I think I want to leave this episode here because I think we've talked a lot with the town with the magic and the tech this is definitely a good opportunity as well if your players want to go shopping because they've not really had that chance yet. This town will have a ton of magical and technological things they can find. Mm -hmm. So if you want to throw in some fun kind of like high level items because they may not have had a chance to find those yet, you can. Might signal to them as well we're moving up the campaign. Be ready. <laughs> so if they really want that flamethrower, now's the time to buy it. Man, that's a bad idea. <laughs> Oh, I've you know someone's going to ask. You know someone's going to ask for it. Oh, I've done that before. It's <laughs> yep. still a bad idea. <laughs> someone's going to at the very least if they want to buy a gun because you need to have that ammunition available, they can get a musket or something like that. So, you you can pull in the pirate technology. Yep. So, I think next episode then we'll need to work on these two split towns. Because the information you get I think needs to be comparable, but what happens in those two towns is going to be different. We will leave that there. We've created or at least expanded on Beacon. So we've got that town as an option, which is fun. And I think that also helps to kind of cover the issues that I had with where we were for the gaps. I think that does fill those in a bit for yeah. options for the DM and also still leaves them open-ended if you want that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that has been part six of Blank Campaign. Ooh. So we will come back with part seven in our split town options. Next quarter. We are... Yeah, we are, I think, actually getting close to the end of this, I say, optimistically, <laughs> two years later. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but let us know what options you would throw in for Beacon between the magic and tech side, what things you'd want to find there. And do you want to travel by air or underground? Because honestly, both terrify me a little bit. What? I'm not even going to ask. On a, on a personal level, not within game. No, I know. But like, not even going to ask. <laughs> The only thing we haven't done is boats, so we have no ocean to travel in currently. I mean, we did say this was like a Mad Max <laughs> yeah. type world, There's so no water. water is hard to find. Yep. But we will see you in the next episode, and have a good one. Goodbye. Our dog is being adorable in the background. We got distracted. Not for long. Yep. <laughs> Hello, Bob Spuds here on the scene once again, reporting for Potato Candy Network. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, please consider subscribing on your podcasting app of choice. If you have a scenario prompt you want us to use, send it to us on social networking with Instagram and Facebook at Potato Candy Network. And if you really liked us, consider supporting us on Patreon for bonus content monthly, such as behind-the-scenes sneak peeks, inspirations, and future episode previews. Check out our brother show, Dreadful Tales, for some taut tension, full, truly terrifying tales of terror. <laughs> Got that on the first try, you know. And finally, please leave us a review, as it helps your recommendations and helps others find the hard work we do here at Potato Candy Network. Oh, and friendly reminder, if someone asks you if you're a god, don't think of marshmallows. <laughs> Nobody likes that guy.